Before we get into this podcast, I owe you guys a massive apology um, for the delay and the time that it's taken to get this podcast uploaded. I had a number of stressful events happening in my life, um, which meant this podcast got put on my back burner a little bit. And so I owe you guys, the listeners, an apology. And I owe an apology also to Julia, my co-host, and to our guest, who we will introduce now. Again, I'm really sorry for the delay, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope it's worth a long wait. Hello and welcome back to Ramped Up, the podcast all about disability. My name is George Browse. My name is Julia Schenko. So last week, it was sort of my week to interview someone now it's Julia's turn. Julia, in- introduce our guest this week. So today on our podcast, I have my good friend Natalie, who I met through secondary school. And uh, when I when we first started up this podcast, actually, Joel, she was kind of the first person that came to mind in terms of getting on the podcast. So I thought, why not today? All right, then. So Natalie, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Natalie. I have cerebral palsy um, and general anxiety as uh, the main two um, disabilities. With that, with general anxiety also comes um, sensory process- processing disorder, mainly um, problems with uh, loud noises uh, and touch wise. I use wheelchair and crutches to move around. All right, okay. So me and you met through school. And even though we've known each other for not that long of a time, I would say, um, how was school in general for you throughout your, you know, throughout education? It's it's been a mishmash up and down. Primary wise, it was really based off of my parents. Um, when it comes to friends, playtime, uh, connection with other people my age and pupils in general, school was pretty much, um, school is pretty much, um, where I I'm like having to be pushed, well, being pushed to fit in sometimes uh, because of how I see that a lot of the time if, if someone knows you really well, then they have problems. Um, they have they struggle to um, adapt to your changes and since obviously as a teenager now um and also before because i had to grow up really fast because of many things that i had i can't do because of my disability being cerebral palsy and then my anxiety since I was 10, 
then I had to really grow up to seem as a okay person so people didn't seem like oh what's wrong why are you acting differently mm. and I kind of feel like when I was in school with you you tended to struggle with saying you know how you felt or like what you needed help with if that makes sense yes because a lot of the time it's like what I found sometimes it's been better but sometimes still fine uh, in school is that you I used to say something and then they're like oh but you don't need that why do you need that blah 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 so it ended up me in, in terms of help is that what you're referring to in terms of help and in terms of just I think like being listened to it was it's um it's been like I would say to some of my able-bodied friends is um is that uh, they would be like oh but you don't need that or blah 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 and then it would be like uh you know there's everyone's thinking they they know me better than I am so it ended up me being like oh you do whatever you want and then I would be the one being on the internet finding ways to help myself basically adapting around it what like what they are giving you just try and adapt around it yeah but then also like adapt around uh what they think is right when i'm around them and like you know do what they want me to do when um i'm around them in the mm-hmm. sense of them wanting to help me but then go- when i'm free i would still because the way they're seeing things would mostly be time half right half wrong and the other half i would be looking up ways to fix the ways that that they can fix because they don't um, they don't um they wouldn't understand and i also kind of feel like depending on the different type of disability that you have sometimes people just don't understand that one way does not work for everyone that they need to be able to be flexible about it and it in my case it also uh, um i see they have um trouble many people have trouble understanding with my uh, um cerebral palsy that that the fact that it doesn't get more um doesn't develop more severely over time doesn't mean it doesn't change in what way in the way that many this a bit um I can't give an example, but many disabilities, uh, physical disabilities, if you don't do, do much with them, they can progress. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense. They don't understand that CP doesn't, and then, but then they don't under, um, they understand that part, but then they don't understand the fact that, um, the fact that uh, the needs can change. They're like, 
CP yeah. doesn't progress, so your your uh, your needs technically should, you know they're like your needs can't change if your you know your diagnosis isn't changing or you know. I mean, in some disabilities, I I understand what you mean by that, and also I think it's also the fact that we like especially for me through like when I started college even I received extra help in turn like in things that I didn't know that I could get help with if that makes sense like that opened a whole new doors for me and now I'm going now that I'm going to university when I had um my assessment done I literally told them about other, you know, help that I've received in college, which was a lot more than I got in secondary school. Um, I've kind of also think that through our secondary school that we went to, there wasn't really much help given to, um, you know, disabled people. And saying that also, we kind of were the only ones with severe disabilities, I feel like. Well, you know, majority of like the special needs were autistic, were mostly uh, savvy, which is autism and ADHD. Yes. So I feel like they concentrate a bit more on them rather than on us. It sometimes comes to me like, um, because of, um, how. I'm under pressure. I'm like, shouldn't I like I change schools or something? Because the way they um, it's not even that they don't help special needs kids. It's when it's when as such you have other needs that aren't addressed as your main need. I would say yeah. people's needs aren't being met with equity. So people aren't given the help that they need. Because with ADHD, obviously ADHD and autism probably and definitely have other needs, but they also have their own department. Um, yeah, we were, kind of, we were kind of thrown into the um, kids that needed, like, not as much help, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Which then... This also, this also didn't help because this also didn't help in my turn because that just increased sometimes my um, anxiety. Yeah, trying such. to get help in anything was very hard. Yes, because um, I think it was in year eight, if I'm not wrong, our um, Senko changed and... Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was, that is, I think, it is hard for her to manage all those things. Mm. And I also kind of feel like uh, people just see the physical disability. Yeah. And they think about other disabilities that could come underneath it. Like, um, I remember when I spoke to you, like on messages or whatever, we talk, you kind of talked to me about how you didn't know that the that disability pride covers um quite a wide range of disabilities and that like not everyone fits into one category 
you kind of told me that you fit into multiple categories, which I think that's the beauty of, you know, the disability community is that nobody is put like in a fixated bubble. It's a bit Yeah, more many people think that. It's like, it's like in my terms, um, that if because there's five levels of cerebral palsy and um the lower on the on the levels you are the less um the less severe you are so um like uh my friend that is in level five she um um she would be like oh uh she would be um she would be making sounds and stuff uh but she can't that's her only way of communicating and i'm on level um three if i yeah i'm on level three and uh, sometimes i make noises and then people are like oh um, try control your noise but uh your sounds because they know i can control them and it's like Mm. Okay, I can control them, but it's not like you know. When people say that to me, it's like hiding myself because it's like you're you're telling me to hide something that's part of me. Yeah. The same way with anxiety. For a long time, it was be it would be like oh, um, try to be fine. Don't talk about it. You know, get home, cry yourself out. Mm. Um, okay. And also, so that kind of goes into stereotypes, doesn't it? Where yeah. people think cerebral palsy is, you know, I to be honest with you, I didn't know much about different types of disabilities growing up. I mostly knew about my own. So for me, when I learned about cerebral palsy, I kind of imagined someone like your friend, for example. And I kind of feel like that's the beauty of growing up in like school. Because in school, like I, up until secondary school and college, I only, I didn't know anyone with a disability basically. So with you, I kind of clicked right away because I'm like, oh, there's someone else that is not only in a wheelchair, but has a different condition than me, if that makes sense. And that's yes. what made us click a lot in schools, doesn't it? But then the the really annoying part of it too is that if you look in social media, for example, um, and type in cerebral palsy, uh, living with cerebral palsy, level five cerebral palsy are all the videos that come up. So in terms of cerebral palsy, that's what, what what everyone sees on social media. Yes, exactly. So it's hard to break that uh, stereotype. Especially, and another stereotype that I really hate is that many, many people still think to this day, although this stereotype is weakening, it's still somewhere in, um, in our culture and in the 21st century is that only autistic people stim. And yeah. I'm like, nope. I still when I'm anxious. Mm. So in school, were you ever like 
bullied, which I think is an obvious question for anyone with a disability. We were all bullied at one point in our lives. But, you know, how bad was it for you, if that makes sense? I've been bullied um, in a lot of uh, situations, although I can't really um, remember a situation off of school. Have you been called names? Um, not that I can recall. Um, I have heard once like a question from my uh, primary friend. Oh, are you adopted? Um, or something? And I just turned around and said, "Nope, I'm from a normal family." I'm like, so what now? Every child with special needs tends to be adopted ouch yeah that one is not that good yeah because um, it infers <clears throat> that sort of your your parents can't love you because you're different i think that's really harmful i also i feel that another stereotype that also comes with that is people kind of think of disabled people who are not wanted by their families mm. and that like some people uh, see adoption as a good idea to you know give away a child rather than you know get rid of it during a pregnancy because let's be honest not all disabilities you can find out about during pregnancy so people just see yeah. that as a best option and I feel like that's the most talked about thing in terms of disability is children getting you know put into adoption because their parents just can't live with the fact that they have a disabled child and that looking back at that um that question being thrown out wasn't even the fact of the question being thrown out it was that fact that it was by a kid that was still learning and it wasn't his fault he was asking it was it would be a different thing if it was like mm -hmm. a 15 year old he i think that he was like um genuinely curious i guess nine yeah and it was like looking back at it now i'm like there's not enough um awareness um in a i'm not talking on youtuber stuff but put out in schools they're, they're like oh we're trying to help out kids with disabilities well let other families know about different disabilities and they'll be less bullying i also feel like that kind of question that you got asked that had to be taught to them that this is what happens to these types of children if that makes sense like it's not something you learn from school in school they'll teach you that everyone although everyone's different we should all lo love each other or at least tolerate each other to a certain extent and the fact that a kid asks are you adopted definitely raises a red flag of even adults aren't as have that much awareness of yes. the disabled community So how was growing up with disability like aside from school in general? Um pretty harsh. Um I mean 
from the uh, age, well, for four years, so when I was nine till 10, I, for that year, I totally shut down from any social activities. What reason? I just couldn't cope ex- um, with the amount of people that you have to um, be someone to be accepted. And also the fact that um, I was still like, at that point, my anxiety started. So it was still trying to balance myself out in that sense. Um, So yeah, and trying to and during at school because of all my friends being um um and yeah all, all our friend all my friends being um family friends uh we um it was also um hard for me to like establish where my place was and especially especially during the end of um school it was uh primary school it was hard yeah like um the first uh true friends that i found that i am like that i felt um friends with was um um one of yeah one of my friends in primary school but that was also put in by the yeah. and then yeah and then in secondary uh, it was usual <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't know how it was for you in secondary school but when i first started i'm not gonna lie i had a little bit of an identity crisis at that time where i got bullied so much that it made me question you know the question when you get it's like oh don't for me it'll be oh don't you wish to walk and to be able to you know have a quote-unquote normal life that kind of comments it hurts and especially for especially a teenager because when you're a teenager not only do you have hormones going inside you not only do you have a mental health you know mental health problem or like mental health problems or disorders plus a physical disability where everyone picks on you it kind of throws you in for a loop like I remember for two two even three years I just didn't know who I was and I kind of also felt ashamed of my disability yeah that's that that's a better word um a better wording to use between yeah between where i was between the age of um nine and eleven yeah natalie has a tendency joel of not asking for what she needs <laughs> so there has been a few times where she would complain to me uh, a thousand times about a specific thing that is bothering her and i'm just like why don't you ask for help and she always responded with oh i don't want to bother them and all of that kind of stuff and i'm just like but that's what they're there for they're there to help 
Like, <laughs> if you don't ask for what you need, you never. Yeah, but get it. like that's what I'm talking about. The school before, like beforehand, I was like, the problem is, uh, or was in our school that because there's now especially in our department because there's so many different disabilities to get to our senko is super hard mm-hmm. so yeah. you just kind of like that independence as i guess everyone does would you say that's true in this in a school setting yes so you like to be independent in a school setting what about outside of school um Many people try and um, feel like be more independent and help me out. Whereas in school, it's sometimes really hard to um, change things. And then when you do say, try change things, they're like, um, and then they don't work out. They're like, oh, but you wanted this change and blah, blah, blah. So it it's sometimes having changes put in place isn't so easy. That's why um, for some time now, I have also have had uh, problems with accepting changes. What sort of changes are you talking about? In the terms of support, in the terms of... Uh, being able to join the others in the terms of um, people um, knowing more, like not being afraid of coming up to me um, and knowing that I'm, although I'm different, I'm still their peer. But then there's the, the other side of this um, the school uh, or and also outside of the school from um, very close friends that are like, oh, you need to have able-bodied friends. So there's pressure. There's sometimes a lot of pressure from um, both sides. So sometimes it's just easier for me to be independent in the se- when I talk about being independent is being heard and sometimes being left and heard just being left to do what I want to do and what I know that is best for me and not just being judged from everyone everywhere yeah I kind of feel like that's also something that you experience quite often when you're really young as well. Like, people just stare at you, and because you're so young, you don't understand why they're staring at you until yeah. you realise that you're not like everyone else. Mm. Yeah. You don't have that concept that you're different. I don't know if it's the same with you guys, but to me growing up, I felt a lot safer in a hospital environment. Don't get me started on that, Jules. Whereas some other kids or other young people, not only in wheelchairs, but just with a disability in general, and I felt like that kind of was my slow introduction to the world of disability. 
and it only got bigger and got wider as I went up to school and college. <clears throat> Uh, I think we wanted to talk about um, some accessibility issues. So what does your disability make you struggle with? Um, a lot of the time is um, street um, um, and obviously I don't walk. So, uh, well, I don't walk. I use crutches. Um, so uneven payments, I hate them. And um, I also have to really often use trains. And as you mentioned in one of your episodes, although you, you text them or you call the train station and book your assistant, sometimes they do not uh, show up. And also, um, you also walk slow, don't you? Do you, because when you go on trains, right, and I'm sure you haven't, you know, travelled solo, but just thinking about travelling solo, does that scare you? Um, yes, very much so, um, because um, as um even with my disability as it is i still sometimes stick out with the fact that many kids find their um find their their own age group friends whereas my friends um are either older than me being um one example being you julia or uh, very much younger than me. So I have um, no one relying on me and then I have a really hard time of making friendships mm. because of the way some people think of my disability and the f time that in secondary school I had um, able-bodied friends and how they then decided to unfortunately break off of me and not tell me anything and i kind of feel like that hurts a lot more for disabled for us as a disabled community because let's be honest we all had our fair share of fake friends and i remember speaking to joel about this with my you know other able-bodied friends that we kind of don't realize what's a true friendship or what's a fake friendship in especially for me in secondary school i was very much naive i would say and then it only took up until the pandemic where we were all forced to be online in school that i realized that my friends don't really well friends quotation marks don't really care about me as much as i thought they did and you know for me instead of you know for them to break up a friendship the fake friends hurt a lot more than me breaking off that friendship because i knew that their so-called friendship was not worth it if you could change 
something in society to make it more accessible, what would you change? <laughs> That's a hard question. I would change a lot. Uh, well, no. Give us three things, top three of yours. Um, I think definitely put more workshops in schools about disabilities. Oh, One. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not actually just taught in general in school. Yeah. Two, although mental health has been a big thing, still needs improvement. And um, three, I think we shouldn't be pushed to not, well, we're not being pushed, but still need more improvement of being allowed to show our differences and understand that people can change for the better or for the worse. In what uh, way? Be allowed to show a ways that over time, people can have different needs. Mm. And in terms of like inaccessibility, so like um, like train stations are a big one that me and John are passionate about. Um, lack of lift, stairs, um, it's not step free access, stuff like that. I also don't feel like, especially major, major schools, like public, how do I say this? No, like schools that don't have experienced disabled people don't really think about places to go and trips and don't think about, oh, will those students be able to access this? In um, yeah, hmm? no, you go first. And I'm quite thankful also that at the time, especially in primary school, I was in my manual chair. So, uh, the old lifting happened of you know, people lifting the chair with me up, yes. you know, a little bit of stairs. But like, once it got to me being in a power chair, it just got a whole lot harder. Mm -hmm. Three people getting you down the the stair the uh, stairs six at least oh yeah six or four well, i don't do that one about my electric chair job there was a time where a fire alarm no oh no it was the lift wasn't working you remember yeah. that time where oh the, my goodness we literally was about to send a letter to the people that were fixing the lift yeah there was a time where i was i think because we had three floors in our secondary school Ironically, I was on the, on the third floor, ironically, and thankfully Natalia was on the first floor, so she could walk down, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I either you, either you walked down or you went on your on the evac chair, um, and for me... If I was on the evac chair, I have to be on the third floor, because that was the only... The only time I used the evac chair, and I will and never also, use it. Only, the evac chair was only on the third floor, too. Our school yeah. was great, Joel. Can you tell? Mm. And for me to get down from the third floor, I think there was like six male teachers that literally like carried me down the stairs with my electric chair. <laughs> do, do you see how people's thinking skills work? Apparently, mm -hmm. oh, it just frustrates me. Honestly, yeah. frustrates. Understandable. Natalie, when 
you were going to secondary school, did you know about any other schools closer to you? Because me and you travelled quite far to go to secondary school. Um, the, well, there were schools that claimed to have support for special needs. When we went there, yeah. I would not claim that as a special needs support school. And I don't yeah. mean special needs school. I mean school mainstream schools that had special needs. We um when we went to the school, we just there wasn't like even in the the way the students behaved and the tears and stuff um the uh, teachers and stuff st- staff behaved. It just shown that the school wasn't you know able to help us help me so next thing we talked about is mental health and it's one of the last things we'll cover in this episode and it's a bit of a big topic um i guess i want to ask really how does your physical ability physical disability affect your mental health i know that you've spoken a little bit about um your anxiety started off as uh, the fact that um, people with CP have trouble balancing their emotions. So our we have a tendency to have higher emotions to uh, the actual situation we're fa- facing, um, which then can lead to anxiety and then depression. Um, as I said, I was, um, I don't know how to phrase this because I wasn't self-diagnosed or fully diagnosed, um, but I was said to have um, anxiety when I was, te- uh, no, when I was, wait, you're, when, was, when was your, when was your eight? That would be your 12, right? Yeah. When I was 12. Uh, uh, no, 12 or 13. Yeah. 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 So around yeah. twelve or thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So I was probably yeah, I was twelve. So twelve. My bad. <laughs> My math. Is it thirteen or fourteen? No. Cause year seven is Year seven 11. is twelve. No, it's eleven and twelve. So I was technically said to have um anxiety when I was fourteen. Um Hurting, uh, something around that, and yeah. then, um, and then, um, I had a workshop to help me with that. Then, unfortunately, two two years, um, two years ago, I had an absolute, um increase of anxiety because of what happened which um i hate being treated that way because people because one of the people decided to not tell me that they're doing something and then decided to when i was asked when i found out they were like oh nothing happened and i'm like don't lie to me. I know what just actually happened. That some people I notice think that tell, pe- telling lies because 
some people are disabled and don't understand will save us mental health. It doesn't work like that. Um, and yeah, and then, um, so mainly, um, going back to the main question is that my, um, when I get really, um, really anxious, I can get really stiff, which then, um, interrupts the whole physical impact of being mobile. Being able to walk, basically. Yeah, um, I remember there was a few times where I could tell that you were struggling with walking with your crutches. And uh, also another time was also when we should have transport together and long journey, stuff like that. Like that kind of also made you a bit anxious, didn't it? Yeah. Thank you very much, Natalie, for coming on and being our guest. Uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. Uh, but for now, goodbye for me, Joe Sprouse. And me, Julia Shankar. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Bye.